When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Class. We're coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts, plus also as well inside sports fantasy football. Of course, the great folks at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out Ox1947. Hear what he has to say at LakersBall.com. Plus, he was just on the phone doing some Sim Blades business. He's got a ton of business, but he can always help you out if you need a new lawn tra- transformed into something much more magical than it is today. Go ahead to Simblades. If you live in the Southern California area, Simblades with a Y.com. Our good friends, Laker Tom, possessors of new Canadian merchandise, him and his lovely wife, courtesy of one magic man, Sean Grice. You can go ahead and <laughs> Rob Van Dam or Magic man yeah but i will tell you this it also as well you could go ahead and check out the number one lakers blogger that's out there laker tom along with of course mr five things himself jamie sweet they're lakerholics lakerholics.com our good friend stone hansen at the upside swings nba draft podcast he's probably just trying to relax for the first time in a while because he doesn't have to deal with too much draft things right now it's all about next year so hopefully you can go ahead and hear what he and the guys have to say right there at Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. Plus also as well, our good friend John McKaylin. He's had some pretty interesting streams these past few days. Go ahead and check it out on YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, please go ahead and subscribe right there. Hit the little Joe with the beady eyes right there on the bottom right-hand corner. So you get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Sacred Fast Break. And if you can like, follow, share, subscribe, or five stars or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. It is sincerely appreciated. I will say that uh, it is now in the heat of the summer here in Vegas, but the Lakers are still have at least one more scheduled game to go tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern. It is against the Memphis Grizzlies. Most likely, Max Christie will not be available because he's been listed with a hip strain day-to-day. And as we all know, in Summer League, if you have so much as a bent fingernail, you're going to be out. So the odds are likely that he is not going to play against Memphis, but we'll see what happens. He's not been ruled out of Summer League, so just day-to-day for now. We'll see what happens there if the Lakers can continue on throughout the weekend. We'll see, and we'll bring you the post game tomorrow night. But speaking of Vegas, wanted to go ahead and talk about some of the numbers they're starting to roll out in regards to 
what the Lakers may do in the next season. So here today to talk about that, plus also as well a preview for tomorrow night's game, are good guys indeed. You can go ahead and check the first one out at Simblades, simbladeswithaY.com and LakersPaw.com. It is Joe Soro and Joe, great to have you back, my friend. We are on earlier this time around, as we promised. I did send Magic Man a note and everybody an email a little bit, maybe too late. So I apologize that it was less than no, an hour. No, 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 no. I'm I'm an idiot, Gerald. I didn't check my email. That that's uh, the point. You sent out an email, and I didn't check it before. I came on here thinking I'd be a smart ass and now I'm eating crow. So, you know, that's the life of a smart ass. It's eating crow one day, living on the sunshine on the other. Now I'm eating crow. No, it wasn't too late. Gerald sent out an appropriate email, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. I, I just let you just do in your own thing right there as far as, you know, just call yourself an idiot. And that, that's that's up to you, man. That's all on you. So, no, but it's, uh, you're certainly not an idiot. But you're looking sharp with the purple on purple. Great to have you here as well. But I will start off with you, Joe. Joe, the numbers are starting to roll out from the Vegas sports books and also now, you know, sports books now countrywide because we do have – Hot spots as far as the online gambling contingent is concerned. That's not based in Vegas, but they are starting to roll out now, and the numbers are starting to come around 46, 46 and a half, 47, 48, 48 and a half. I'm going to put it right square in the middle around 47. So let's say the Lakers are around 47, 47 and a half right now. That seems to be right around the middle between the high and the low numbers where. Everybody stands on where the Lakers are going to go and what the Lakers are going to do for next year if you're one of these gambling sites. Your thoughts on this, my friend, after what many consider to be one of the best, if not the best, off seasons so far in the league. 46 and a half, 47, 47 and a half. That doesn't really sound too high to me, does it? They're always low. They don't ever, hardly ever predict anybody winning 60, and there's always at least one team that does, uh, <clears throat> or even in the high 50s. Uh, that would mean the Lakers would win three more, three and a half more games next year with a team that's a little bit more equipped to playing team basketball, winning games on a regular basis. Doesn't really make sense. If this team is going to get to 46 wins, it's because LeBron or AD missed half the season, maybe something like that. But if they don't, this team's winning 50 games for sure. As far as the favorites, I just like this last year, to some degree, it's still somewhat in the air. You didn't, you, you knew Denver would be good. You knew Denver had a chance to do some damage, but you still kind of had to wait till the end to see what Miami was going to do. And Miami, Ended up finally running out of injury as well, inner uh, energy as well, to the to the Denver onslaught. So, uh, I'm assuming Denver's picked to win it again. Uh, actually, they do not have the largest amount of win shares right now. Boston is the one that is favored with the most wins right now, right around 54 and a half. Although the Nuggets at the at one site is also tied with them, and other sites they're about a game, maybe a game and a half less. Okay. Uh, they seem to pick Boston every offseason, and 
Boston doesn't really follow through. So I'm expecting that to happen again next year. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Bucks are right in there in the mix as well. And then Phoenix, uh, about 51 wins, 51 and a half wins. I'd say Phoenix is going to be an interesting team to watch. I would, I would pay attention to them if they – this is too much talent there if it's playing. But everybody seems to have the same possible issue. If Porzingis gets hurt, Boston is toast. If LeBron or AD get hurt, Lakers are toast. Phoenix, they have an oft-injured Durant all the time. Bradley Beal's been pretty healthy, but he hasn't played any significant basketball in his pretty much his entire career other than maybe one year. And then – Miami, relatively healthy. I know Hero got hurt, but that was more of a he got hurt, not he is always hurting. So we'll we'll see. We'll see, especially with this tournament being thrown in there. Uh, I don't want to wish any injuries to anybody, but God help Silver in the NBA if that tournament ends up jacking one of their stars and having them be out for the year. That's... I'm telling you, my friend, I, I said it before when you first talked about it on the show about the NBA Cup. If somebody gets injured in that prime time final game, the 80, you know, the extra game, 83rd game on the list, you know, essentially the extra game. If, if one star player or one player gets a major injury in that game, oh, man, the brushback will be unbelievable, in my opinion. But. Now that's uh, that's our thoughts so far on the NBA Cup. We'll have to go into more detail on it because I know you guys were asking about it. But it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Sorrell and, of course, myself, Gerald Glassford, along with the good man indeed. He's a man-man from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to go in purple and gold, looking styling and profiling like only Ric Flair and he can. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice and Magic Man. Great to have you here. Looking forward to some great insight from you, my friend. Again, I talked about what was going on with Vegas, of course, Summer League and all that, and we'll preview tomorrow night's game. But when it talk about 47 and a half wins, because they like to go in the half numbers, they don't like to go in round numbers. 47 and a half wins is what usually right around, seems right around right now what, what people are looking at. What's your thoughts on it? Again, I think they're anticipating the numbers caked in, I think, with the fact that LeBron and AD will probably miss about 10 to 20 games apiece. I got you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, although I will say, I, I think that number, like, like Joe says, it's it's like that the numbers are always varied here. But um, so the additions we made minus to the subtraction of Westbrook. And a couple other parts. No, that is, would be well, like an 82 win season right there. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> They're only giving us like a plus three and a half win differential there. And that, I, I mean, Gerald, we blew that out of the water after the trade deadline. We were uh, 18 and eight. I think we had the second best record after the trade deadline. I'm, I'm, I can't remember who was first, but we were second. Um, so. I, I think it's too low. I think, you know, like Joe said, I agree, I agree um, uh, vociferously with uh, Mr. Joe Soro that I think uh, injuries aside, the Lakers should win 50 plus. I, I normally uh, just on town alone, I would agree with you guys. 
it's just playing the devil's advocate and you know knowing the books here in vegas and being here the west is tough we all know the west is tough the west is tough it's but it's not about the competition as much as the injury factor for me guys i think the fact that you know if you look at it like we talk about kyrie irving you know, we talk about Kyrie Irving. It's like, you really want to spend that money on a guy who's played on average of, what, 52 to 55 games on average the past five seasons? Mm-hmm. You know, we got to look at also on our end. We can't just go into, you know, everybody else. We got to look on our end, Joe, and say, you know what, LeBron and AD have not been consistently healthy throughout an entire season for quite some time. So I ask you, my friend, I don't say I blame or want to throw hate on the books for doing that as far as giving it a four around average 47 half number. I think that's probably their fears on LeBron and AD sitting out an extended period of time once again. Uh, they've always had low 40s with LeBron and AD since they've been there. Every time I've seen them, they're always low. Maybe 45, I think, was one year. Maybe it might have been 2021. Mm-hmm. 45, I mean, Denver was won 53 games this year. That's usually pretty low for a team that dominated for the year. But we are getting into a more – we're getting the more parity, I guess it makes sense, with kind of guiding the regular To give season. you an idea, Joe, 45 and a half was the running number for, for last year. So it's two games better. This wow, they predicted 45 games with Westbrook on the team? Yeah. That, that and then, was, that and was then they only give us one more win without them. Two. Oh, uh, depending on the depending on the place, yeah, it's it's one or two. Ooh, this is these aren't lines to for common sense. These are lines to get for them to get money. Absolutely, because the LA market, you know, as far as they come up on the weekend, they go ahead and they spend their money as far as the gambling and they go ahead and they bet on these odds. So it does fluctuate, uh, but that's the opening number so far. I just think right again, the reason why they have it at that price, because they think it's so tantalizing for people like us or super Lakers fans out there that they're going to bet on the over each and every time out. But that also, you know, they're very good. The Vegas sports books for the most part, you know, they do a pretty darn good job of the research, uh, you know, analyzing because if they get it wrong and they get it wrong way off, Sean, it can mean millions of dollars in losses for them. Yeah. Y- yes. You're, you're absolutely right, Gerald. Um, nobody knows that better than you over your history in Vegas. I mean, uh, I, I think some people still misunderstand um, the business. It's, their job is to get people on one line and then on the other. And yeah, they want the, action from you either which way. Yeah, and you're right, Drill. They don't care who wins. They don't care, really. They just care about profiting. And, um, yeah, that line looks looks pretty juicy for a lot of people. I will say this. There are also other uh, – uh, just off, uh, off of a bigger discussion, it looks to me like – you know, an injury or two here in the Western Conference is going to separate a lot of things, and it's going to happen. It's just who, when, and where. And some of these lines are very interesting. A lot of a lot of people would bet heavy on that Oklahoma City line, forty-two and a half. They're going to win way more games than 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 forty-two. 
Um, I, I'd bet them in the mid forties at least, Gerald. Given the talent and and not only the talent, Gerald, the the depth that they go too deep at every position now, and I think there are only a couple of teams that can say that, and they're one of them. And I, you're right. It, this is about getting the most action on the most lines possible. Well, you talked about the West, and I'll bring it back to Joe here, Sean. But you mentioned how tough the West is going to be and how deep the West uh, is this year. Joe, you talked about it, I think, about a week ago as far as on our show as well, about how deep the West can be with all the number of teams. If you look at the win totals right behind the Lakers as far as what's being put out there, if you look at that, the Grizzlies, the Mavericks, the Kings, the Timberwolves, the Pelicans, and the Thunder are all in within a span of two or three games, Joe. They're all bunched up together, so they feel like it's going to be a dogfight right around that four, five, six, seven area, eight area for the Western Conference. They're looking at it like, hey, there's a lot of similar teams to each other. They think the Lakers maybe, and also the Warriors. The Warriors and the Lakers are right around that mix. This isn't the first, this isn't the surprising setup. Uh, the West has had numerous. Uh, years where they had 50 win eight seats and there's a lot of strong teams i mean there's looking at even the trailblazers if they improve let's say if they decide to keep lillard i don't think they will but let's just say they do they were 13th right they were 13th Mm -hmm. they were in the hunt to get the get into the play-in for a while there mavericks they have luca they have uh a team that should win more than 38 games. Jazz played really well last year until they kind of faltered. You have the Rockets and the Spurs who got really got better, much better just in the draft. And then you're looking at the Pelicans that were ninth, Timberwolves that got eighth, and then of course the Lakers, Warriors, and Clippers in the next, you know, three seat three seats up up. What's gonna happen is likely is it's going to be a couple of these teams that don't come out the gate well, and then you're going to start seeing maybe a few stars going, maybe it's time for us to, to peace out. I don't know if it's going to happen right away or at the deadline, but there's going to be some problems with those teams. One in particular is the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Pelicans, if we hear that Zion is out for two or three weeks early in the season, that whole thing is going to blow up. So if I had to pick two teams that I see shifting down, and then two teams shifting up. I'm going to pick the Thunder and the Mavericks to replace the Timberwolves and the Pelicans. And those two teams are going to go down and you're going to see a major roster transition in both those teams. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now, and I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now. If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets, and they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention. Is it going to be enough, though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us, because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school 
cool now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade and never came out of it. Facebook stars, not ninja stars, okay? I know how some people take things literally, so don't throw ninja stars at us, but like the Facebook stars. Click on those. That's what we want. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. We're coming right back at you here. It's Joe Soro with Ox1947. I'm going to go ahead and have him talk about here in a minute about Ox1947 along with the Magic Man, Sean Grice. But Magic Man, I want to hit up you first. When you look at the numbers and look at the stats, though, and win totals that are out so far, there's still more sportsbooks that have yet to publish their, their win totals. But I just say it's going to be right around there between 46 to 48 and a half. I will say, though, the one thing that was surprising is that the Warriors, despite our ending their legacy and their dynasty in last year's playoffs, and despite the Lakers seemingly having such a great offseason, according to all the analysts and all the buzz and all that, and you read into all that, I think it was very good personally. But again, you know, you, you everybody's, you know, we're taking all this in about how great the offseason was for the Lakers. They managed to find themselves in Vegas's eyes just slightly behind them, which I find quite fascinating since the fact that all they really did pick up was Chris Paul, ancient Chris Paul. Yeah, Gerald, I'm a little surprised at that too. You know, um, you could talk, I guess you could talk yourself into them possibly being, you know, regular season darlings. But like you said, Gerald, Chris Paul has gotten up in years and, He's hasn't been healthy in the playoffs for about five years, and he hasn't been healthy in the regular season for about three. Now going on four, and he's probably going to miss some games. So the the Warriors do not have a lot of depth outside. If uh, either Steph or um, CP3 go down for uh, anywhere from like a if they miss any one or two of those guys from a four to a six week period that might be uh, lights out for their season because they're, they're hanging on by a thread. Even with those guys healthy, just they're a smaller team. Now they're, they've gotten really small. They had a really good draft, but like you said, Gerald, I just, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit to me because Joe, they didn't really solve their height issues. They're, their, their length issues. And before we get into the origins of Ox1947, as Thru is asking about, I want to hear your thoughts, my friend. When you see the Warriors ranked slightly or favored slightly ahead of the Lakers, doesn't that irritate you just a little bit? Maybe because they've recently won, like within two years. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't think it has any logic to it. I think it's just their... But I also think the AD LeBron injury factor is coming into play. I, I really do. I, I don't know. I, I, I put a stat up yesterday that showed AD gets the nickname of street clothes, but Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George have all missed more games than Anthony Davis since 2017. So there's this fallacy that AD is the guy that doesn't play. Now, when you look back at Steph – Paul George. I'm sorry, it wasn't Paul George. It was uh, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, 
Well, Paul uh, George Leonard. ain't the healthiest guy in the world True. either. But but Durant's missed the whole season. Steph's missed the whole season. And um, with that wrist injury, I believe it was right. Uh, AD has never missed a season. Or had right? like a six a sixty to seventy right. game. Right. But the reason why they're on him is because we haven't seen AD fulfill his true potential, which is finals MVP, defensive player of the year, MVP. He teases you. He teases you like last season. He teased you with a stretch that was really uh, unbelievable. Then all of a sudden he gets hurt. And it's never – he's obviously won at every level. He's won at FIBA, the Olympics, in college, and in the NBA. He's won everywhere he's gone. I don't – I remember reading whatever division he had in high school. I don't know if he won there, but point is he wins everywhere he goes, and at the end of the day, that's all that matters. But we – his skill set should have won an MVP by now. He has a ridiculous skill set that I don't even know really who's ever had it. Uh, maybe Kevin Garnett to an extent, but he 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 should have at least won some kind of major individual award by now, and he really hasn't. I'd say this would be the prime year for him to do it. This would be ideal for him to at least win a defensive player of the year award because I don't think he's ever going to get an MVP. I, he'd have to play 75 games and average 30 and 15 in that in that season with the Lakers getting a, a one seed. But I don't think – I don't see the Lakers letting him play 35 to 38 minutes to accomplish that, and I think that's what he would need to do it. So with that, um, I, I don't care about the lines. I've, I've, I've never – cared about him. I don't really gamble. I'll, I'll gamble on Super Bowl with some fun I know, props. but it just it just shows you what some of the experts and some I know I don't want to you know mock them here in Vegas or these gambling sites because they do a ton of you analytical do, research. You know who's an expert? You know who's a real expert? Peter King. You know who Peter King is? I do. The guy that practically predicts almost every Super Bowl. Hank Stram was a, you know, it, these guys that we're, we keep, they keep feeding us. The reason why they keep feeding these guys who have absolutely no idea what the hell they're talking about is because number one, most, almost, almost all of them are cheap labor. Remember I told you about the wrestling analogy and they're easily replaceable, cheap, easy, replaced, cheap, easy, replaced. Why are there strikes going on in Hollywood? Because executives want cheap, easy, re replaceable. So when you when you when you don't invest in talent, you get cheap and easy replaceable, easily replaced. And who who's gonna? And, and we're not demanding. We're not demanding ex uh, experts. We're not demanding uh, Berman and Tom Jackson and those guys anymore. We want we want. Uh, I don't even know. Really, honestly, half the people that do. Any of these shows, I don't, I don't even, I can't even watch them for literally two minutes. I like, as soon as they open their mouth, I'm like, yep, I'm done. They know nothing. They're reading off a teleprompter. They might have looked at some box scores, and that's what that is, right? So gamblers, they don't really, they, they're, they're probably as expert in terms of behind the scenes as you can get, but they're also factoring in numbers that will give them the best possible chance of winning the bet. But they also look at 
they also look at the history of these players, injury history, track records. What is their growth potential? They, they, I've actually spoken to them in length before, and they actually they they go into detail on the analytics uh, of exactly how a team, how they are, how they comprise, and how they come to a certain number when it, uh, whether it's just one game or in this case a season. I'm just saying right now, again, if there's anybody who has an idea of what they, you know, they think that the Lakers might do. Uh, you know, I don't want to just pass them off here in Vegas or all these gambling sites, wherever they're based, and just say they don't know what they're talking about, Sean and Joe. I'm just no, they know you- they know how to win the, 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 the line. Yeah, that's what this is based off of. It's not based off of anything other than that. Yeah. I, I I'd have to look, I'd have to research how these play out usually. I have I have never done it. Uh maybe we can do that and have a show on it. As far as my uh my name. Yes, Ox1947. So I can't put the the letter, the Greek letter theta in things. I mean, I I guess I could, but you know, you know what I mean. So OX was birthed in 1996, the year I attended San Diego State University. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, 1997, not 96. And 1947 is the year San Diego State was established in San Diego, California. So that's that's the so when it's funny, I, I I've been hit on the whole ox thing because an ox is a castrated bull, right? And I always I always like the 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 insult there, like oh this you know you're cast you're a castrated bull, huh? I'm like no, <laughs> that's what it looks like on the email because I couldn't put a theta on there. I go that the, the the origins of the OX is my fraternity letters and the year my college was established. That's what that is. And I've kept yeah. it since uh, I, I, I put it on everywhere. And if you get a chance to look back a couple of weeks, Sean uh, and everyone else out there at our graduation ceremonies where Joe was proud to wear that Ox 1947 sash right there. And that I had on and, you know, I'm hoping you'll be with us for next year's graduation ceremony because summer school starts next week for those looking to get some extra credit. Uh, we did get our first batch of 30 uh actual graduating students from lakers fast break university in history 101 and i i'm assuming and i'm hoping that in honor of you we were actually going to also thinking about the sean grice memorial fund for (laughs) as far as that's concerned for something in honor of you my friend but i'm glad you're back with us back on the faculty staff and looking forward to a great school year at lakers history 101 my friend thank you very much gerald yes you know unfortunately there was some time away, but it, we're here to stay. I'm uh, I'm now tenured, so okay. uh, there's, there's yeah, there's no there's no going anywhere. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you and go, um, yeah, no, I, I Joe Joe looked uh, proud as a peacock, and he had every right to be. Um, that was an quite an accomplishment, Joe. Knowing your story, and you should be proud, man. Uh, I hadn't worn, I had worn the gown since I graduated. Uh, oh, that part must have like literally flushed back a lot of memories. Oh well, I mean it, it was it was an interesting time, but I was ready to go to the next level. I I had I had hit the proverbial wall of schooling, the process of sitting in a classroom listening to a teacher and then doing tests and all that. I had reached the apex of I don't, I don't know if burnout is the word, but it's burned out. I was burned out. And 
I was ready to get up in the morning and work. I didn't want to listen to, uh, and I, I don't, I didn't have a problem with my teachers or my professors. I, I thought they were all good. They're all great. Uh, I just, I couldn't stand the, oh, I got to register and I got to worry about this and I got to go talk to the counselor. I was so done with that. <laughs> so I got out right at the right time. Schlepping. schlepping. The schlepping was done. The, the true definition of schlepping around was what that was. I felt <laughs> like if I stayed here any longer, I'd be schlepping around. Slept out. Yeah. But I got I out. And I can't tell you what a great school San Diego, San Diego State was. It was a great environment. The fraternity was great. It made my uh, experience at, at State that much better, even though we dealt with uh, weird things like guys doing stupid things, but that's, you know, that's life. And, and it just, it's, it's, it's a, it, the memory is about the, the times you had fun, the accomplishment and the finish, the conclusion, because it would not feel as good if there wasn't a conclusion. Everything has to have a, a conclusion. And when it is, when you've done everything, you, you don't tend to really go back, at least for me, I don't go back in high school. I had a great time in high school too, in junior high, but I did everything. What would I go back for? I did it all, did it all in college. And then after that, you know, lived the life of someone who made money and did whatever I wanted. It was like the first time in my life where I was, I could get up and just do whatever I want. And as things progressed, got even more and more freedom from setting my schedules, however I wanted. And, I can do Lakers shows without having to worry about some boss going, you got to stay late and do TPS reports. Uh, yeah. That's a horrible way to live, by the way. Once again, That's... it's the Lakers fast break. It is Daryl Glassford along with Joe Soro, Mr. Ox1947 himself. You've got the origin of Ox1947. Uh, but I will say, though, that before we go ahead and talk about a couple other things, including finishing off our discussion on the the – actual win totals. I do want to, went to mention the Blue Magic. Yes, we're going to schedule a summer school class next week on the 2017 Summer League champions, the Los Angeles Lakers, and talk about how great that team was, why it is so good, why they dominated, and why they actually went ahead and continued on in many ways to some really good players. We'll talk about that next week as far as our summer school class is concerned. But I do also want to mention that idea just popped in my head guys as far as with what's going on with the labor strikes for hollywood with uh, the screen actors guild and the writers guild both going on strike now if that continues to drag out guys there's going to be a lot of people actually searching for things and yes the reality shows will be abundant and all that junk as far as that's concerned reruns galore and all that but the one thing that could prosper that comes around in late uh, September, early October is the NBA. So we always worried about the NBA, nobody really caring about the NBA at the beginning of the season. Now you got this NBA Cup, which I don't really exactly love. But thinking about it now, guys, if this strike continues and you know the new TV season gets delayed with a lot of networks and a lot of streaming outlets and all these projects get delayed that could mean that more people could be watching the nba come october so yeah i i mean that, that that's very true gerald and i, I want to say you just put a, an idea in my head too because now uh we don't have to hear anybody plugging their crappy bull crap anymore either 
They're just going to have to stick to well, the we NBA. We plug our bull crap all the time on this show, though. Yeah, but I like our bull crap. Okay. It's interesting. Their okay. bull crap isn't interesting. I'm doing a Givenchy commercial or I'm plugging my new uh, movie with Warner Brothers with uh, Ice Spice or who whatever is in vogue right now. Nope. You're just going to have to stick to the NBA, which is just in my wheelhouse, Gerald. So I look as long you just put that idea in my head. As long as this strike goes on, it's just going to be NBA. That's it. None of the extra bull crap. Can we start it in August, please? Can we start the season in August? Adam Silver's probably just running around the NBA offices asking people, can we start the season in August? But I will <laughs> say, though, that it is the Lakers, unfortunately, right now, according to a lot of the lines, still you know, a little bit down farther than what we thought after a good offseason. So I'm going to close out this part of the conversation and before we head on to other things, Joe and, and Sean, with, by saying I think the number – is uh, I want to say not far off for me just because of the fact that with load management, which is what Joe absolutely can't stand, and the track record of the injuries for LeBron and AD, I think the number 47, 48, maybe 49 is something I'm looking at for the Lakers. I'm hoping it'll be higher, but again, seeing their track record, guys, and I'll go back to you, Sean, on this. Uh, seeing the track record, I just think that it is so hard to go ahead and put the Lakers above 50 right now, for sure, as far as that's concerned. Uh, yes. Um, uh, well, uh, could, you re- could you repeat the uh, the second part of that, Gerald? Well, this thing, I just think, you know, if you're in their mindset, I can't say I blame them because of the fact that the Lakers, with, with LeBron and AD and their injury history, and also the fact that they're going to load manage. You know they're going to load manage those guys. Yes. Even if they don't get injured, that could lead to without some, some, you know, you don't have the big guys up front or that can score. No. That's yes. going to be an issue for us. If you don't have that, that could lead to some losses that you, you know, just put the Lakers instead of a team that should be first or second down to a third or fourth, which will put them right around 48, 49 wins. Yeah, no, I I think that's uh, I, I think that's logical if if that's the the uh, lens they're they're looking through for sure. Um, you know, I I could understand, and I wouldn't quibble with somebody uh, uh, talking themselves or discussing themselves into uh, that. I just I just feel that the the depth is a little bit more fine tuned this time as opposed to the past two years, and so. I, I had I, it's possible, right? With injuries, you're right, Joe. But I, I just I I don't see a team that's that's going to hover around there. I I think they're they're on the uh, the the north side of fifty at least. Okay, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. But again, a lot of that is you know based on the health of LeBron and AD. Joe, again, talent wise, this team I think is over 50 games as far as winning. I think this team should be considered in the top three, top four in the Western Conference. Again, I think why the numbers are so low, comparatively speaking, that has everybody kind of like, huh? Lakers are 46 and a half here. Lakers are 47 and a half there, 48 and a half here. It's just because LeBron and AD were basing it off the last three, four years of their health. And I think on that basis, like you said, AD, even though he hasn't had a full season, he's been hurt, just the on again, off again, on again, off again nature uh, by his very in and out of the lineup, 
plus also your favorite, the load management thing, really hinders that, you know, I guess uh, these these experts pushing them over the 50-win mark. It, it would be a good interview with Anthony Davis. I wish, I wish they would do an interview with Anthony Davis and have someone competent asking him poignant questions. Being a little aggressive in the questioning, but not being disrespectful. Uh, one of the questions I'd ask AD is, how do you want to finish your career? What do you want to do to some degree individually that you haven't done yet and see what his answer would be? Is he going to say, I'd like to win an MVP. I'd like to win a defensive player of the year award. This is one of those rare cases where if those happen, it means good things for the Lakers to win. That's, that's probably why I'm asking those questions. If, if AD wins an MVP, it's very likely that the Lakers are the top seed in the West. If he wins a Defensive Player of the Year award, that means he's played enough games to qualify to win that, which is a good thing. If that, if that all happens, the Lakers have won more than 60 games. Correct. Yeah. So, if so it all falls together. There are, there are certain individual accolades that do translate – to something good, and AD is one of those guys. Those are the that's that's one of the things that's missing in current sports journalism. Let's talk to these guys. And AD is a great interview. That's the other thing that's sad. He is a great interview. He is not a cliche machine. He's articulate. He he always kind of gives you something that's not just over rehashed. Ask the guy a, some some good questions. Let's get a feel for where he is and what he is, and maybe it might ignite something. I don't know. I'm just I'm just kind of thinking out loud here, but because again, I've I've, I've listened to LeBron do enough interviews. I, I'm I'm not a very big fan of his interviews. His interviews tend to uh, overload the eyes and the knees too much. Uh, I, I prefer to listen to someone. Uh, if you don't know what I mean by that, it's 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 always I I. You know those people that always say like every five seconds? Well, LeBron's like is I. He loves to say I and me and I and I did this and I did that and I was doing this and I was doing that. It's a it's a turnoff when you're listening to someone constantly talking about themselves in that in that form. But we're we're still in the same position in terms of who needs to be the the number one gunslinger. Sorry, John Morant. And, but this time around, you have the right tools around him that can enhance it instead of kind of throwing it up in the air and hoping that a certain player will play the way they're supposed to play to win. And of course they don't. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Sorrell from Simblades and also as well, LakersBall.com. And of course, Magic Man, Sean Grice are both here talking some good things when it comes to the Lakers. Tomorrow, the Lakers do play like I said, 8 o'clock Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern. And of course, we'll be here for the post game right here at the Lakers Fast Break. I don't think I'm going to the game. I don't, haven't gotten any comp tickets as of yet, but you never know. But I don't think I will be. I think I'll be right here at the command post along with the guys right here. When it comes to what you see tomorrow, most likely, I'm not saying it's 100% because he's listed at day-to-day with a hip strain. I'm just glad because he hit, he banged his shoulder. He fell, uh, Max Christie fell on banged his shoulder last night and he was rubbing it. 
and, and the camera wasn't on him, but he was rubbing it after uh, he had, uh, I guess, the foul. He, he took a tumble and he hurt his shoulder. So I was worried that he was going to have shoulder issues. But a hip strain is the actual listed injury day-to-day basis for him. So we'll most likely not have him for summer league tomorrow. If that's the case, what are you looking at as far as who might step up? Who might step up for the Lakers and get them a victory tomorrow against the Memphis Grizzlies? And Kenny Lofton Jr., who's been killing it for them. Yeah, Gerald, um, Colin Castleton is going to have to uh, level up to Kenny Lofton Jr. That's that's going to be a really interesting matchup on the boards because that guy goes for broke, Kenny Lofton Jr. Uh, we both talked about how, how great of a spark plug he is. Um I expect Colin to play a lot better, uh, Gerald. He uh, had a lackluster effort, um, especially in the second half against the Celtics. Um, I expect Jalen Hood Shafino to hopefully continue uh, improved play. He's been more under control. Um, He keeps saying every time out that the game's slowing down for him, so that's good. That's a good... um, sign as well that a player's kind of adjusting to the speed of the game um i, I hope i know we've uh, been receiving some uh some some um a little t- tit for tat with max lewis and criticisms but i think it it, it you know it it's on him to take more of a a, a control of uh his shot his shots drilled i mean he's we know he's a capable shooter he showed it at Pepperdine. Um, now's the time with Max out for him to get some of that lion's share of the shots and um, hopefully have his best game of the, uh, the tournament so far. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. I do appreciate Rodell's email again, uh, emailing us LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. Joe and Sean, his words were very pointed about us being a little bit too hard on Maxwell Lewis, but I got to call it as I see it. You call it as you see it, Joe. When it comes to what you're seeing with Maxwell Lewis, Again, the kid only has an average of five points a game. He's got a couple donuts for in the five games that they played. And the kid is just at times outside of one game really found himself outside the element. I understand he's 20 years old. I understand he's a rookie in his first few games in the NBA, but he's coming off the bench. He's not cracked the starting lineup. I think that with the absence of Mac of Max Christie, Joe, I think he's going to get the start. And if that's the case, I expect him to do good things this time around and to show us that he does have an immense world of talent that he can learn to grow. And hopefully the growth starts tomorrow 
against Memphis. I don't. I don't think it matters. He could have a twenty-five point game. He's still not playing this coming year. It doesn't. No, really no. Matter. But I mean, it just it gives people more confidence that he can. Yeah, like better. like this is the opportunity for you to show your stuff. Like yeah. you know, and because you're gonna get to be able to do it in training camp and and exhibition too. But you know, if you if you want to sit on the bench and watch these guys and learn from them, now is the time to play well, or else you know they may decide to put you in South Bay because you need more time there. Um, you know, no nobody wants to get sent down if they don't have to. Like that, I think that's the point. I mean. One thing that that people I think are, are starting to come around with, as far as the NBA is concerned, Gerald, is that you, you, your first three years, the team can send you to their G League affiliate anytime they want. It's in your contract, so it behooves you to play well at every opportunity. And this is Maxwell Lewis's time. Max is at Max Christie's out. Um, you know, Colin had a bit of a shaky performance last game. So now see your opportunity, show what you can do, because when training camp comes around, if you're playing well and Hodge is playing well, it gives the Lakers a lot of opportunity and versatility with what they want to do with the roster. And it and it works out for everybody, Drill. I, I I think that that's what everybody else needs to understand as well. When everybody, when one person or two people do does well off the bench, it makes everybody else feel that they can do well as well. It's it's a synergy, and I, I, that was that was in the team. I thought um, last game was a little shaky, so hopefully they'll turn it around again tomorrow against Memphis. Joe, uh, we also talked about uh, with Rodell Demoy Hodge, uh, 24-year-old kid, uh, basically, again, still arguing with us about regarding his size. He is smaller than, than most of the players. He is smaller than most of the players he's going to be playing against because he's 6'4", is a very generous size offering. From what I saw twice live and what I see on TV you know, playing the off-guard position. He's not a point guard. He's an off-guard. He's a gunner. Uh, he's got good athleticism and speed. I like what he does in certain things. Defense, he was uh, he was hustling. He was trying hard. I like what the kid can do. Again, I'm not sure the numbers game will ever work out for him with the Lakers, but I do think he might have a future in the NBA, especially as a gunner coming off the bench. Your thoughts, though, on Demoy Hodge and what he can do tomorrow for the Lakers? Well, hopefully he can continue to three-point efficiency but when you play in the nba if you're a undersized shooting guard all you got to do is put a shooting guard defensive player on him and create a problem uh now rodell will tell you otherwise in in an email uh, with all due respect to rodell that that has nothing to do with anything other than common sense again i mean visually he looks smaller than everybody he he is small he is not six four guys i mean come on i he did find a Celtics player that was smaller than him that he was guarding. I, 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 there was a time in my life where all I cared about was height and weight because <laughs> I wanted to be as big as I could, as tall as I could. Still hoping I get to seven foot someday. They, <laughs> they, um, another, another, another open court slam dunk type uh, dunk by Cam Whitmore, by the way. 
who um, we you know still think everybody's like, oh he can't create for himself so that's so, what I think also in Riddell's side, so you know? or he needs help I guess that's what he with this we've been talking analytics uh, would Isaiah Thomas I'm talking about the recent Isaiah Thomas had he not gotten injured would he have been as effective this last few years the answer is no would Muggsy Bogues have had a career in today's NBA no Spud Webb probably not height matters more now than ever before and height mattered back then too but there weren't sophisticated uh preparations of analytics and defensive schemes back then so let me ask you this joe how many smaller players are there that actually thrive in this league alvarado i think is the only one that really comes chris paul you could probably say alvarado but there's now a selected few and they're all around six feet yeah uh Chris Paul's six feet, like I'm six eight, so he's five ten actually. But but Alvarado and and Chris Paul are good picks. I can't really think of anyone else, honestly. Those were the only two that came to my my thoughts before you said it. Uh, It's just it's too difficult, guys. It's too difficult. It's like trying to find uh, a pitcher like uh, Greg Maddox, or let's say any pitcher like Nolan Ryan who could pitch 400 innings in 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 a in a game. So, like, just off the top of my head, he is not – he's barely 6'2", but Jalen Brunson is probably the only guy – Good point, uh, yes. Below 6'3", who's an absolute fireball, but that would You're, be it. Right. Yeah, good point. Excellent point. Excellent point, Matt. You have to be out of this so world. Skilled. Like, so skilled. Yeah, you have to be so skilled to be able to dribble the ball and have a fast first step and – Create separation. So here's the thing. Why is Chris Paul so good for a guy his size? Number one, he well, at least he before although Scoot Henderson will probably prove them all wrong and tell you all of us, you know what, these guys can do it too. Separation, just like a receiver in an NFL. Doesn't matter how big, how fast. If he creates separation, he has a chance in the league. It's like a, a quarterback who is accurate, Drew Brees. Another guy that's been touted to be six feet. He's not. He's 5'10". Uh, I've, I've actually seen him. I've stood next to him. He's 5'10". Um, <laughs> but his accuracy is what made him a Hall of Fame quarterback. Accuracy as a quarterback in the NFL, separation as a receiver in the NFL, creating space in the NBA is one of those skills. Doesn't matter how tall, how sh- how, how tall or how short, if you do that, you can make up for your size deficiency. Now, imagine if you're 6'7 or 6'6 and do that. Well, that's when you get Kobe Bryant and, and Michael Jordan. So it, it's 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 not a – I'd say the NBA has is, is gotten a little bit better in terms of really understanding who's going to play well and who isn't. There's very, very rare times where you'll, you'll just, just baffle at why certain guys aren't doing well because their mental state will tell you why. That's the other thing. You 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 can see it, and they, they have problems processing things because they're all into their feelings, or they've been disrespected by teammates, or the coach hasn't given them uh, enough of a, a leash. I mean, who knows? Whatever that is. But at this point, I, I can't think about guy, guys that are trying to come up uh, that have just come to the team. Let this thing develop. Let's see how how well they continue to improve, 
And for, for, for us Laker fans to enjoy and to analyze Summer League, I'm paying attention to guys that I see a future, that I see have already kind of shown something. And guys like Castleton, guys like Max Christie have obviously done that. And our first-round pick, you know, you're not – He's gonna be on the team. He's a first round pick. So you gotta let him do his thing too. You gotta let that happen without throwing all the all the all the hate on him before we even start. But and I'll end that is I just hope we made the right decision because as of right now, I don't think we did. Seventeen points and six steals so far for Cam Whitmore so far in today's game. Just wanted to let everybody know. Yep. He's all up in any he's he's been up there. Rear ends the the whole game. The guy has. Well, they're going to be a one seed in the playoffs. They're they're about Houston, to be four and zero. Houston, Houston. Uh, I'd say Houston had the best draft this this year. Even as I mean, you can say that obviously San Antonio is probably one because it went beyond. But Houston is definitely number two at the very least because they got two really good. Players. They need they they need a point guard. They they ultimately need a point guard. They haven't been able to fill that void since Harden left. Different guys have been thrusted into that role. They still can't solidify the position until well, they do Fred that. Yeah. And, yeah, and 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 uh, Harden has reiterated that he wants out of Philly. Yeah. So well. So we'll see what it, happens there. What 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 his best friend Daryl Morey, his MVP compadre. He has asked him again that he wants to leave. And for and what, I also I want to, I also want to mention that the Bulls have uh, been granted a ten point two million dollar disabled player exception for the season-ending loss of Lonzo Ball. So he's officially gone for the entire season. So Lonzo Ball's stretch as far as being able to come back to the NBA after a devastating knee injury uh, looks like it's going to take a little bit longer. I don't know if he'll ever come back. We'll see what happens there. But we I'm will just talk about for that for that man to be healthy. Yes, to be healthy. I agree. I, I, that that's first and foremost. I I know he's made his money. He's got nothing to prove to anybody. I just want to hear that he's healthy and doing well. Yes, I agree with you as well, my friend. We will be discussing him in a much better light next week in one of our summer school classes, which will be on the 2017 champions for summer league the los angeles lakers but before we head on out guys again want to stress the lakers right around 47 and a half wins picked by all these different gambling sites and organizations as the lakers continue on their quest to go ahead and compete more in summer league i still think that it's a little kind of a little bit low but i can understand the reasoning and rationale by it I know some people will have the Lakers in the high 50s, the high 60s, what they're talking about as far as their analytics and what they think that they're going to happen. Magic Man, you know, again, I'll probably ask you this later on down the line when we go into our full season previews, but 47 and a half, it's what I'm going to say is the number that people are talking about, high or low. It's right around 47 and a half. I think that when people come to it again, it's all based on the health of LeBron and AD. And if you're going to get a lot of good health from LeBron and AD, they're going to blow away that 47 and a half number. Yeah, I agree, Gerald. I agree. I, I mean, so if 47 and a half is here, I'm more, you know, about 50. But you're right. If they're healthy, it's probably going a little higher. Uh, and with load management, I'm still, I'm going to say conservatively about 50, 49, 50, yeah, 51. Yeah, we're on there, range. yeah. 
just I'm because thinking it's, you, yeah just i'm because, thinking the same thing yeah it's just because close to 40 lebron james joe and and ad with the history of street clothes and all that as you went into that he's not actually as injured as some other stars out there and has played more games than some surprising names out there I still think, Joe, that that you know, right around fifty, I wouldn't be surprised if they do more. But then again, that's all based on the health of LeBron and AD. Oh, go ahead, Sean. Uh, the uh, Gerald, I think that has a lot to do with what Joe was saying earlier on in the show about Anthony Davis. So, Joe, I think the one of the big reasons why a lot of these analysts were able to kind of get away with the street clothes narrative is because he doesn't care like he doesn't really care what they say um but he's so like you said joe he's a nice guy like he doesn't look for confrontation if it was anybody else on that list they would have said something to to all of those analysts but be, be because anthony is a nice person that's who charles barkley decided to pick on well charles barkley says what he says because he doesn't do jack squat he just yaps that's all he does he, he doesn't do any research he barely watches games uh anthony davis is highly intelligent and understands that if you're gonna go back and forth with a, a jackass like charles barkley who doesn't actually know that durant Kawhi. And and Steph Curry have played less well, games. You, like in the past, if you if you've known in the past, there there have been he's been able to needle certain people. He needled Kobe. He needled Dwight Howard. He needled JaVale McGee. He tries to needle a lot of people. He's never been able to needle him. Nobody has. Nobody has. And I think that's one of the big. Uh, a lot of people don't speak up about this, or even may possibly even think about it. But that's one of the big reasons why LeBron holds AD in the highest esteem as a teammate is because he's the one teammate he's always had who never gave a good, you know what, about what anybody else ever said. Chris ba- Chris Bosh had his issues. Dwayne Wade had his issues. Kyrie had his issues with LeBron. Kevin Love had his issues. ADs and LeBron have never had any issues, Gerald. None. Well, I don't know. There's supposedly there was some beef around the end of the season. That's we saw as far as some of the articles that were out there. There was supposedly some beef between the two. But I don't know. I have to see it to believe it. Yeah. I mean. And then there was also the AD after the scoring title, the all-time scoring title. There was the brushback by AD. And AD did actually did admit on there that he had an issue with all the pomp and circumstance surrounding LeBron getting the scoring all-time scoring record. Yeah, but he said he he also went on to explain that 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 was more about the dog and pony show than it was about the the, the actual uh, achievement. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm just saying that you know there's when you get to two players at that level, there's you know they, they there will always not be symbiotic. 100 percent of the time it's just the way the competitive nature is when you get those two in the playoffs i get it i get it sure but all i'm saying is he's the only teammate he's ever had who's never who's never publicly beefed with him that's that's true that's true and again get those two together in the playoffs like they did this past playoff run and they seemingly work together with each other very well 
Joe, we've seen it before in the bubble, you know, how far that got with a world championship for the Lakers then. Again, if they're healthy, you know, we even saw them not healthy coming to the playoffs and they got to the Western Conference Finals. Just imagine if they come around around 50, 52, 53 wins, maybe 55 wins. They come in there, they come in there relatively healthy, Joe. What the prospects could be for the Lakers in the playoffs. Especially with LeBron making the announcement and Rich Paul making some innuendo discussion about him playing until he's 40 or could play 45. Yeah, he said 45. So playing to 45, probably not. This isn't protected quarterback position. Uh, This is still LeBron. If LeBron wants to be LeBron, and he said that last night with his Rhythm Nation outfit. I thought he looked rather dapper. That if he's not going to play to his standards, then that's when he'll walk away. (laughs) Here we go. What, What people say versus what they do, most of the time are exclusive. If you pay attention, you can see, you can actually hear them contradict themselves in the same sentence sometimes. It's kind of funny. So that's that's kind of where I'll leave that at. I don't. I think too much talking is is done a lot of times with this stuff. I think the fact that I got an alert on my phone that LeBron has officially said he's coming back for this coming season. I remember looking at my phone. I'm like, slow news day? Like, really? Who the hell didn't know he was coming back this year? He's he's going to make $45 million this year. Of course he's coming back. Why is this news? Is is Am I overblowing the, the fact that we're, we're, we're consistently getting worse with this BS? We were talking about Charles Barkley. The only time Charles Barkley gets called out is by Shaq. But that's the one guy that no one takes seriously is, is Shaq. Same thing with Barkley. So you can't really get any substance there. It's not true. Not true. When, when asked Charles Oakley will actually clap back. Okay. When, and, when, and, when are we going to see that? And, and, and Charles will not, will not speak up because he knows that Charles Oakley will find him wherever he is and knock his lights out again. He, again? Yeah, you didn't know that? So during the 1999 lockout, there, uh, there was a lot of uh, heated discussion. And uh, every, every, a lot of people have talked about this, but it, it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't it didn't become part of the public domain, but essentially there was a scuffle. Oakley punched Charles Barkley and knocked him to the ground, and they had to be separated. And that's one of the reasons why Charles Barkley has always had a beef with that guy ever since. But uh, is- before before we head on out, Gerald, just uh, I just wanted to say. Um, I, I I wanted to let you guys in the audience know I wanted to uh, apologize yesterday for uh, leaving so so abruptly. Um, I had the worst uh, headache I've ever had. Um, it was a did 10 Joe out cause of 10. it? Did no, Joe cause this headache? No, I, I it's it 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 
it's been really hot here in Toronto the past week or so. I've been, I've oh, been okay. Doing... Pray tell, how hot has it been in Toronto? Not as hot as it's been in Vegas. So okay, I, I, good. I, I yeah, yeah. No, oh, no, Sean, Sean said he had an he's he was coming down or had something going on during playback, and then it finally and the fact that I, I had forgotten because he had started the show. And I, I, if I hadn't forgotten, I would have just told Sean, "Hey, dude, just take the night, like, take the night yeah. off." Well, you know something, we've we've got sw- squad goals on here, and I'm not Bruce Smith, I'm not Scotty Pippen, I don't take a night off because I have a headache, or I've got load management, or I've got or I've got the fever. Bruce Smith's got the fever, and he doesn't want to he doesn't want to go to Pittsburgh. I'm not like that. I don't. I don't puss out on squad goals. Hold on, Joe. I don't puss out. I don't. I don't. I'm here 100% for Gerald and for Lakers fast break. And I was off a little bit yesterday. I'm. I'm back on the saddle, Gerald. That only happens to me about once a year. So that was so, it. So repeat to me, Joe, and confirm to me that Joe Soro did not make you ill yesterday. Joe Soro did not make me ill. Okay, gosh darn it. No, I'll apologize, right. Gerald, for that comment. <laughs> I'll go on another apology tour de force yeah. just for you, my friend. No, that's not the that's not the phrase I used. I want you no, to No, it isn't, but I can't say what it is, unfortunately, here on the air. But once well, again, Bruce Smith, see this is why I love Sean. This is like that right there. Who the hell knows that? Uh, Who the hell knows about Bruce Smith not wanting to go to Pittsburgh? Because of a headache. It wasn't the headache was a the reason why he didn't want to go to Pittsburgh because of a headache is because you get a headache when you play Pittsburgh. Every time you play Pittsburgh. Ask Tom Brady, every time he even though he he beat the, 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 the Steelers most of the time, this is a guy that got knocked out of the AFC title game because of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, I don't know what the hell it's probably why all the CTEs came out of Pittsburgh. Those guys <laughs> are I don't know what the Roonies do over there, especially for them being a, a, a nice, wholesome family. My God. They create maniacs. <laughs> I mean, let's think about it for a second. You've had James Harrison, every generation. You've had a James Harrison, a Greg Lloyd, and a Jack Lambert. Just complete, I mean, Dement- surf- Dement- demented people. Demented, right? Guys that were not normal. John Elway, I think I've said this on the show in the past, but I, I always love telling the story. John Elway did not have a really good rookie year. It was actually terrible. He almost looked like a bust, right? After all the hoopla he did with trying to get traded from from Baltimore when they had the first pick. When he when he finally, you know, was playing against Pittsburgh at his rookie year, Jack Lambert pretty much was making John think he should have just went to baseball. He was saying things at the line to John Elway. And this is this is like a one-legged Jack Lambert. Jack Lambert had to retire a year later due to right. turf toe. So he only played 11 years in the in the NFL and had a almost like – he's like the Jim Brown of, of linebackers. He had a short window, but he did so much in that window. And this guy on one leg is yelling at the future John Elway, the all-pro, all, all – you know, <laughs> to the point where he's contemplating, I should have just went to the Yankees and worked for George Steinbrenner. But – Anyways, when we've lost, especially when when Russell Westbrook was on the on the on the on the team, there were nights where I didn't want to come on the show. Like I had a headache, but it was more of a headache of 
<laughs> um, what what other things can we say about this damn team? Like it was oh, man. Hard. early on, it was rough. It was Ooh. really hard, but see, that's what built this thing, guys. Coming on when you don't want to, right? And try to try to get into that mode of still being and fresh. we're back, still being <laughs> fresh, still bringing something else to the table, no matter how redundant it gets. I mean, seriously, for a while there, every game was the same. They were screwing up the same damn way every damn time. Russell Westbrook was doing the same thing every damn time. It's like, oh, my God, how many times are we going to be? We just get to that point where we're whining about the same thing. But we, we we stayed with it. We got rewarded with him being jettisoned at the right time. And now we're, 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 we're excited about watching summer league games. That's a cool thing. That is absolutely. And we'll be seeing one tomorrow. Join us on playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern for the Lakers and the Grizzlies, which could be their final game of summer. So it'll be the last chance for us to see any type of anything relating to Lakers action that could be if they we even if they win, because there's so many teams right now at two and one, the Lakers could be on the outside looking in. So we'll see again. The Lakers play tomorrow against the Memphis Grizzlies. Please join us. Playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. And then tomorrow night, a little after 10 p.m. Pacific, 1 a.m. Eastern. Sorry about that, but that's just the way the game is ending. We'll go ahead on with the post game right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But guys, been great conversation. An hour plus once again. You know, I love all these shows that say, oh, we only have so much time for this or so much time for that. They're like podcasts podcasts are supposed to be as long as you want to make them pretty much is what I was told and what I've seen. Now, again, I look at the, the emails that are sent to me by all these publications about podcasting. Cause I've signed up to them over the years and they say, well, the thing you really want to do is you really want to target short, concise podcasts for your listening audience. That way you retain a larger base and your consumers We'll appreciate it oh so much more. But not our consumers here at the Lakers Fast Break. Remember, Sean, way back when I was thinking, but you know, even before I met you, the Lakers Fast Break, the term Lakers Fast Break was not only going to mean for as far as the Lakers Fast Break, you know, all that good stuff with the Lakers, but it was supposed to be a shortened show. And then Laker Tom came on the air, and that all changed. Yes, it did. Yes, it Laker did. Laker Tom changed the way Lakers Fast Break does business. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, <laughs> we uh, hope he will return to us for Lakerholic Spotlight this weekend. I mean, Jamie said he was he was going to. So hopefully, and I will go say ahead. this, Gerald. I, I think um, we're going to have to talk Laker Tom into uh, coming on for the uh, first playback of the year because he was with you. Yes. On the inaugural Lakers Fast Break watch party on Playback TV, it was Gerald Glassford and Laker Tom. But he'll only be on there five minutes because he cannot stand the delay. Ah, <laughs> oh, I can't stand the fact that it's so far behind. Oh, oh, oh. And then he'll just go off the year again. That's pretty hopefully, good, Gerald. That was pretty good. But hopefully he'll wear your shirt while doing so that you sent to him and his lovely wife. So I truly appreciate the kindness that you showed to him today and, and event again, this Lakers fast break community is growing larger. 
Joe, I know you talked about Discord before we head on out. Uh, you know, it's something that I'm not exactly in love with as far as the channel is concerned. I think Discord as a whole is kind of messy to look at, messy to interact with. But you talked about the way people can talk to us in person. About You know, I even got a question last week in our chat, the world's best chat room that's out there, Lakers Fast Break, about calling into the show. Calling into the show. Do you guys have super chat? Do you have all this? Well, I know for a lot of us right here, it doesn't start until we get to a thousand subscribers, Joe. I think a interaction with the direct interaction has always been the ideal, I guess it's the ideal connection with the fans. Uh, we're in an era where it needs to advance. And now I think as we continue to grow, I think that's a, that's a fun, that's a, that's a fun uh, interaction with with those who want to talk and say what they want to say. Now, you look back at some of the movie stars that have built their brand. Availability is what makes their brand big. Arnold uh, being being one that's specific, someone who embraces the the, the movie star or the star uh, title, so that people kind of feel like they're involved with it. Gerald is the Richard Little of Lakers. <laughs> hey, he is still performing here in Vegas, but I don't know how much longer because they're going to tear down the Tropicana. So mm. he's going to have to find a new place to go. Oh, He'll they, probably find I wonder how many dead everything in that city. I wonder well, how many dead bodies they're... they're going to find under the Tropicana. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's where they're going to build the uh, – well, they found him in Lake Mead, that's for sure. But they probably will find some there too before they build the – baseball stadium nobody here in the city wants and the oakland a's team nobody wants either so who I called get, it I, then who agreed to this crap I, I, the I governor 50 50 they and find the a dead body it's it's yeah well that's i would bet the higher than that <laughs> oh, really <laughs> I, I think it's higher than the lakers total let's put it that way <laughs> he did a great johnny carson too well ed uh, let me see, here, Ed. Ed. Let me see. Let me see. Let me think about yes! it. Yes. <laughs> you are correct, sir. But do, <laughs> uh, Gerald, do Tony Clifton. No, it's okay. Oh. <laughs> you know, they said, you know, Jim, they said Jim Carrey did a better Tony Clifton than, than Andy Hoffman, by the way. I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've watched that scene over and over and over again, and I want to memorize the whole act just so i can do tony clifton one day once again it is the lakers fast break truly appreciate where you're watching and listening to us even if you're on the golf course blasting out the lakers fast break like pmc is out there shout out to you petting my cat watch out for that slice four right there for you watch out i should have yelled two Two? No, you shout four when you're about ready to hit someone. Jer like, Jer like, Jer like, like Clay Thompson should have shouted out four when he hit that guy in the head a couple weeks ago when he was in Las Vegas with, with Steph Curry. You don't remember slice. Caddyshack? I do remember. Should have yelled two? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> I'm all right. Yes, I am all right, according to Kenny Loggins, indeed. But it is the Lakers fast break? It is Joe Sorrow and. Magic Man, Sean Grice. Uh, thoughts, guys? Anything going to – you know, right now it's a slow part of the season. It's what can we say. We The Lakers have not filled that roster out. They still are under the cap amazingly. Is that what's holding them back, do you think? The cap? Yes. Because they are, I no, think, one million, a, a million and a half under the cap. I forgot. Let me go check the uh, – 
the tweet no, I retweeted. That's not why they they've spent their money. It's just that's it. There's there's nothing else they can do. Oh, again, Christian Wood's still out there. Well, yeah, for the veteran minimum, which mm-hmm. that's it. They're waiting all on him. day, all day. They're waiting on him to see if he's going to figure out what he wants to do. Because uh, right now you're looking at the if you're looking at what's left. Uh, I believe Atlanta has the most money. No, wait, I'm sorry. Brooklyn, uh, Charlotte have, and Washington have the MLE, uh, the non-tax MLE, which is 12.4. Memphis has 12.4. He, he, he needs, he needs to, the two teams that have been, he's been rumored the most are the Heat and the Lakers. Because the Lakers are right now, as it stands, are 1.4 million under the cap. Mm-hmm. I think they do that because they want to create a market, but no one's buying it. The this is going to be Christian Wood deciding how he's going to bet on himself, mm-hmm. and he has a better shot at showcasing his skills with an open roster spot versus going to Miami and coming off the bench. He wants to make more money. He's going to have to come to LA and kill it as a center because they need him there. I do want to go ahead and mention on our Twitter account at Lakers Fast Break. I actually, if you scroll down, look at Bobby Marks's actual whole chart on the entire NBA. You could look at the Lakers again: thirteen players signed, three two ways, one point four million below the tax. Eight Any three ways? <laughs> You'd have to ask them. Eight point four below the first apron. They're eighteen point eight million below the second apron. Uh, they don't have any more room exceptions. Uh, they do have 1.9 left, Joe, on the 12.4. Uh, as far as the the mid-level, they still have 1.9 of that. And then uh, they don't have any more biannual exceptions or the five you know other MLE exceptions. Any well. biannual? Oh, my gosh. Here we go. All right. But the Lakers still have a little bit of room to play with. What will they do with that? Will they hold on to it and see what they can do? I think there's a possibility they could wait until the training camps and they start making some cuts around the league and maybe the Lakers can pick up someone from there. We'll see what happens. But it is the Lakers fast break. Tomorrow night, we're looking good against the Memphis Grizzlies. How good? We'll find out and wait and see. But if Gerald Apology coming in three, two, one. Yes, I apologize for Joe. But existing. <laughs> Oh, no, that's that's your parents. That's up to them. I'll let them go ahead. And I don't think they are going to apologize for that because he's they've they produced a fine young man right there in Jones. So, yes, absolutely right there. Please go ahead and support him today at Symbolades, with the Y.com. So for Magic Man, Sean Grice, who is very gracious on today's show, and Joe Sorrell, who is not, it's Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. We'll be back tomorrow night with the Memphis Grizzlies and Los Angeles Lakers. Could it be the last game for the Lakers for two-plus months? We'll find out right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.